Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. If you're listening, you probably know we met at a family support group and our bonds have grown stronger through sharing our stories and supporting each other. When we think about the thing that's helped us most, it's that. So we'd like to extend that community to you. If you're feeling like no one understands what you're dealing with or you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, consider joining our virtual support group. For details, visit us at recovering2.com. We know what you're going through and we're here to help. We're Recovering Too. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today, we're talking about how we can't count on our partners. And this topic came up. Uh, I was messaging and talking to Alex the other day. And maybe, Alex, you want to jump in, kind of share what our conversation was? Yeah. So um, my husband, Charlie, has been going to counseling uh, recently. So that started... I don't know, maybe like three months ago. And when he gets home, we kind of talk about, you know, the things he talked about in, in therapy. And it's been like a really good way for us to start some conversations that maybe wouldn't have taken place otherwise or like come up naturally. So in his counseling session recently, he was talking about how, um, I don't remember exactly how it came up, but basically it, we were talk, like having a conversation about like the things he talked about with his therapist and he, the que- he asked me, can you rely on me? And I was like, that's so interesting that you were asking me that. And I was like, do you want me to tell you the truth? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so anyways, I told him, I was like, you know, I I want to and I and and I um sometimes I can but I always have a plan B because in general like there have been times when you know I've needed him like there have been more stressful things happening or um just just more going on and like I kind of need him to participate and help get through it where he's kind of checked out either just like mentally checked out or actually like relapsed during that time, depending on, there've been a lot of situations, but, um, so I just kind of told him that. And I I think I talked about this on the podcast not that long ago about how I got a doula because I was worried that about, you know, who would be my birth support if something happened. And, you know, that's a, like a prime example of how I always kind of, prepare for the worst but kind of hope for the best and yeah um, he didn't realize that at all he was just like oh I just I've never thought about that because in his mind like he'll relapse or something but he instantly like moves forward and tries to like make changes and stay positive and you know all the things he has to do to survive and which is different from me which is like okay but we ha- I have to, like, get us through Christmas dinner at our house, you know, or, like, right. y- you know, I just have a different, a different take on it, and um, so he was just really upset, like, 
was like, I've always kind of thought I was like super reliable, something I was proud of. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, anyways, well, like, it was like, so would you say that he, when he's not using mm-hmm. and he's like, well, like, would you consider him to be reliable then? Yeah, totally. But that's just the day to day, right? But <clears throat> sure. In, like, the most stressful situations, like, you know, um, recently when I had surgery, like, I guess that was oh, two and a half months ago now, um, that whole week, like, he he relapsed that week. And that was the week that he, um, I don't know if you guys remember, like, um, that was, like, the last relapse. And yeah. to me, that was, like, a week that I just needed taken care of. A lot of stuff was changing. And... Right. And he wasn't, he added to the chaos of that versus like being steady and calm and stable. And right. then in big times when it's really stressful and things are uncertain, he in the past has went to drugs. And so, um, but in the day to day, like, does he take out the trash every Wednesday night? Yes. <laughs> does he like, you know, there are some <laughs> things that like, I can definitely rely on him for, but it's really like the big stuff when life is like um, out of the ordinary or, um, you know, when when it's just like a different type of stress that is not the normal day-to-day, week-to-week stuff. That's kind of when, Mm -hmm. you know, when when there have been deaths in our families or, um, you know, big stuff like that. It's just not, he's, he deals with it in an unhealthy way. And so, yeah anyways it opened up this really interesting conversation <laughs> and uh which was kind of cool that we got to talk about that so yeah yeah and I thought that was like just a what a fascinating conversation that you guys had mm-hmm. and I was like whoa we should talk about this because I think I also while Steve has been in recovery for four years now there's still things that I do as a plan B in case he whatever. And I don't think that that is ever going to go away. Yeah. I don't think so for me either. Yeah. I mean, cause you just never know what's going to happen. This is going to be an underlying problem for the rest of his life. So for as long as we're together, it's a possibility, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but it could. And so I don't want to be myself. I don't want to be in a bad spot, you know, if, if that happens. Yeah. Right. So a hundred percent. Yeah, totally. So what are some ways that you all have like made plan B's? Um, well, I think back <clears throat> last night I was trying to think of some of these stories, like how couldn't I, count on him and you know it goes from like simple things to like big things and so I don't know I just I got really super sad when I was thinking back about this and I got really super angry and the anger is just a thing I just don't know if I just (laughs) I gotta work on this I, I was like so angry and Steve what was Steve doing oh Steve was at a meeting last night and so it was I was glad that he was kind of like gone so I could like really reflect on this but I was like dude like I am mad about this and I think I was texting you Liz like yeah like I'm having some stuff you're like this is bringing up some emotions (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. And, and like for me, Which, I, it, what, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, and I, I think we've talked about this before with the three of us, like you and Steve had such a long, long period of time where he was using and there was, so I think like, it makes sense that you have still like so much anger that you're working through. Cause there's like years of mm-hmm. built up um, instances that like would lead to that anger. Um, so I don't, I don't blame you for still being angry and you know, <laughs> that's something you'll work on for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to talk to my counselor about it. I've been in counseling forever. <laughs> so I really should talk to her about it, but like, you know, simple things of, you know, we were supposed to, go to dinner. Like we moved into the neighborhood. We met the neighbors. They invited us over to dinner. Steve gets off work at um, two every day. And so he was supposed to make the dinner. So we could walk it down to the neighbors. I'm calling him, calling him, calling him all day. As usual, he's not picking up. I get home. No dinner has started. And I think that we were making the main dish. No dinner has started. He is just passed out on the couch. I'm yelling at him like, you didn't make dinner, blah, 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 blah. All this kind of stuff. I am scrambling to make dinner and um, I get it done very quickly because we were supposed to be over there in like 15, 20 minutes or something like that. And he's like, I'm not going. And he just falls asleep. (laughs) And so I have to go over there, make an excuse to these neighbors, um, bring this food that I just haphazardly put together. And I was just like, oh, you know, making the excuse of, you know, whatever, he's not feeling well and you have children. So we didn't want to expose you to that. I just felt Mm. like such a fool. So, I mean that, like we had simple things like that, but then like big things, like I was always the DD always, but I remember vividly one time my friends had some pot and I was like, man, that just sounds really good right now. (laughs) And so they're like, Hey, you want to smoke? I was like, yeah. And so I asked Steve, I was like, Hey, if I, if I smoke, all right, will you stay sober tonight? He said, yeah. And so we smoked and he, we were playing euchre. So he had one beer and you know, whatever. And then I noticed he had another beer and it just, I, we got in the car and I was like, are you sure you're okay to drive? Because our friends were totally cool. If we would have stayed, he was like, no, I'm fine. But I remember sitting in that car and he was not okay to drive. Um, and I don't, and, and now looking back, it was probably more, than the drinks Mm. but I was so uncomfortable that's how my mom died was in a car accident and I felt awful the whole way home it was a 20 minute drive and it's just like f you like that's another thing like I just can't count on you like you said that you would protect me like we set this out ahead of time like I I I wanted to have some fun and you could just be cool for one night and just stay sober. Like that was just always a big deal for me. So I was, yeah. Every time we go to parties, like he would always just get so messed up. And I was always the driver because I wanted us both to be safe. And Uber wasn't a thing. When did Uber become a thing? Uber wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> oh, so. I, I can remember when it like hit our area because it was actually um, Jake, when he went into treatment the first time the summer of, 2013 uh one of my friends invited me to go to the lift launch party oh in, in indy and so i remember being there like with some people and thinking like nobody has any idea that my boyfriend is in a treatment center right now and here i am pretending like everything is normal so yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's funny yeah 
I just, yeah. And what about for you guys? I mean, I know Steve stole all the money. Like you can't count. I can't even count on my partner to be responsible with money. Mm-hmm. He took it all. <laughs> like that's just um, frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think um, money I'm is so mad. obvious. I, just... <laughs> I mean, I would be mad too if that happened. So maybe. I, I think money is an obvious area where like trying to rely um on jake is a challenge um one in general i don't feel like he's that great at like money management anyway um but like that's something that can be worked through when he's like healthy and doing well and like you know being honest and we're like being transparent with one another but then there's the fear of like you know him building up his savings like he had and then totally blowing all of the money in a few month period and now being in debt and having nothing. And, you know, so there's the fear of, Oh, will that happen again in a few years or <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what about you? I mean, Alex, have you had moments where you can't? Yeah, I mean, really I think just in general, you? like, uh, for us, like, I just don't know. I don't trust that things are going to always be stable and fine. Because there have been a lot of times when things feel really like they're going really smoothly and things are going really well. And then a relapse happens and something bad, like, that causes some bad consequence that has to be dealt with. So, think in general like I always kind of approach things is like okay what like when we bought our house like for example we were buying a house and um you know we could have bought a house with like both of our salaries and like gotten something like that we could definitely afford but like instead we bought a house that I like just on my salary just in case like anything happened and luckily we did because there was a time when he was living at a halfway house. And so we were paying for that and our house and it like, we had the financial like flexibility to be able to do that and afford that, which is good. But um, that's one, that's like probably the biggest way so far is just like, you know, basically being smart about like not, you know, if he lost his job, I don't want to be screwed with a house that like I can't afford on my own or if we separated or, you know, divorced or whatever, like I would want to be able to make sure I could stay in the same place and not be stressed with that on top of everything else. So that was a big one. Well, that, I mean, that happened with you, Liz. Yeah. I was about to say that's the same here. Um, I don't think at the time when Jake and I were like buying this house, well, hmm, I guess maybe it was like a subconscious thing. Like I, it's only in my name, Mm -hmm. which I guess I did though, because like we weren't married. Um, But it was probably also a part played in and like, well, you never know what will happen. Mm -hmm. And literally right. It was like right before closing that he relapsed then. And I remember being really like stressed, like, you know, can I move forward with the house? And like, I had to crunch numbers and luckily like similar to you guys, Alex, like we didn't, like purchase something like at the max of what we could afford together. Um, it was like maybe a little bit more than what I like would feel comfortable just doing like 
completely on my own, but it was like where I knew it would be like manageable. Um, and then now, so it's been a few years since then. And like, I have had a couple raises and saved money. And so like, now I'm at the point where, yeah, I can afford it by myself, which is good because I've been doing that for the last so seven months. Um, so I think that was something like, even though maybe I wasn't consciously making the decision, I I guess it probably did play into it. Um, and I think also with the money, um, like we have separate bank accounts again, we're not married, but I've also like decided even if we do get married, like, I think we'll keep separate accounts or at least I will have a separate account that like he doesn't have access to um, as a protection Um, or I've wondered, I don't know what the legalities are of this of like, if people ever, um, if they're like getting married to a person in recovery, like do people do prenups of some sort, like where I would be able to like, you know, have the house protected under me. Like, cause when you get Mm -hmm. married, like then you share your assets. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to get divorced, like, things get split equally um I don't know so like those are all things to think about so it's not something that I've done as a plan b right now but it's crossed my mind of like in the future is that something I would do yeah that's interesting I think what's so interesting too is like so we've all had like a house situation like when when we went to go close on our house now I didn't know anything about Steve so unfortunately at the time if Steve would have been gone and out like I couldn't have afforded our home on my own Mm -hmm. so that would have been like we could have never if he had to go in a halfway house like Charlie did like we couldn't have done that I think that just puts people in interesting situations but like we pulled over like he was supposed to go to the closing we had everybody come at eight because he worked overnight and he was supposed to show up and I'm calling him, calling him. He's not awake. <clears throat> so I go to our house. Excuse me. I go to our apartment and he says he knows where this place is that we're supposed to go for the closing. We, neither of us had smartphones at that time. So we didn't know where to go. And I was just trusting that he knew. And like, we pulled over on the interstate and I'm just like yelling at him. We showed up to the closing like an hour and a half late. Like some of the people that were there had to leave and he was high, but I didn't know. But, like, looking back, like, he was high. Um, so, like, just house things. Like, big situations for us. Like, he definitely didn't come through. What about your wedding? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm trying to think back. And I've asked him about that before. So, he seemed with it and coherent and... It didn't look like he had pinpoint eyes and, um, you know, wedding days are really busy and stressful. So he, he said that he probably had a couple of beers. Um, but he was, he said he was very much freaking out about the honeymoon, how he was going to get his drugs. We went to Jamaica, how he was going to get his drugs in Jamaica. Like he couldn't take heroin with him. He couldn't take pills with him. And so he was really nervous about, that apparently I had no idea um but he did I mean we both we both drank on our honeymoon um he was very into getting weed Mm -hmm. in Jamaica Mm -hmm. and 
I was like, no way. We're not doing it. We're not going to Jamaican jail. And he was like, it's fine. Everybody's <laughs> weed here. And I was like, yeah, but we're not. No way. And so he he got pretty drunk most of the time. When um, we were in Jamaica, they <laughs> someone sold us like two joints and an umbrella uh, for like 15 bucks. <laughs> this is like... Two joints and an umbrella? Yeah, way before way before he was in recovery but yeah i remember it was not hard to get (laughs) yeah no and steve kept asking everybody like hey do you party like that was his code word and i was like interesting it was very uncomfortable i didn't want to go to jamaican jail man well yeah (laughs) that's interesting i remember so um charlie was not high at, at our on our wedding day that i know of at all like at all but um see he always like relapses at like key times you know so like I'd found out like two days before our wedding that he had relapsed like a week or two before that and so it was just like he came clean and was telling me about it but then it was like this additional stress of like oh well this is still happening at the time I was living in Atlanta and he was living in in, um our hometown and like I (laughs) I was just like, what, how, this has been going on, and, and so it was just, like, a lot to process and deal with, like, two days before you're gonna get married, after we'd already, like, changed our wedding date because of all of this, and so it's just, like, it's not always, like, on the day, but it somehow, like, a bomb drops, like, as we're preparing for something exciting, and then it's just, like, oh, I'm kind of brought back to reality of, like, okay, well, this is where we're at, (laughs) and, um gotta deal with this too so I do remember that with our wedding like I was really upset um but I mean I don't know I guess I guess we ended up going through with it or (laughs) yeah or like even if something doesn't have um like doesn't happen on like that big day like it still has lingering effects like that reminds me of um last year's Christmas so like two well 2018's Christmas it was like a week before Christmas that Jake came home from work and was like fucked up on weed and had drunk and that's when I found out he had been like drinking and smoking weed for like the last month um and so it wasn't like right on Christmas but like the after effects of that just like the lingering like resentments that I had and like it just put a damper on that whole holiday season. And like, it was like a few days after I found out we were supposed to be going to like this Christmas dinner with my friends and their husbands and boyfriends. And it was like one of those things. I remember I was torn. Cause I was like, well, I don't really want him to come because I'm mad at him right mm-hmm. now. And like, I'm trying to have some distance So on that hand, I don't want him to be there. But then on the other hand, if he's not there, I'm going to feel like this, like fifth wheel. And it's going to be like very obvious that his presence is missing. And like, that's going to make me feel like shit. And so it was like, either way felt like a no win situation. And I remember I ended up deciding not to have him come. Um, But then it was like the whole time at dinner, it was, it just felt kind of like, I don't know, sad or disappointing. And it was like one of those things where like, he should be there with me. Like as my partner, I should be able to count on like when we have plans with people that he can, you know, keep, keep it together and be able to like show Mm -hmm. up. So 
Yeah, I've had a lot of that. I think... Okay, yeah, I was going to ask you, Alex. Like, I I feel that when Steve was in active use, like, he wasn't my partner. Like, when I look back, like, he was not there. He was not my teammate. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Do you guys feel that? I mean, I mean, you guys knew, but, like, looking back, like, he, I mean, he just wasn't there, like, physically, mentally, at all for years. So I guess when I look back on that, for me, it's like, um, I would say there was like maybe like a three month period where that was a big thing because when he was the time when he was in, I guess I'm thinking originally, I no, I'm not past, uh, not thinking about this past seven months. Cause that's its own separate thing that I'll, I'll get to, but like originally when this whole journey started, um, like the first three years where we were together, like things were like fine like we would have like the normal fights about things or sometimes we'd have like fights about him like drinking too much but there wasn't really like a reliability issue and that until he started using heroin I guess and like I didn't know about that at first and really I think he kept it together pretty well for like the first you know couple months and then things started unraveling And so it was probably a three month period from that time when things started unraveling until he went to treatment where it was like really obvious that he was unreliable, but I couldn't understand why. Um, And there'd be like small things of like, I'd be trying to call him and he wouldn't answer or it'd be like, oh, we're going to meet up here. And like, he wouldn't show up for hours. And, um, but I don't know, I guess. I think the difference is, is like that didn't, I don't have a ton of stories about it because it was like a short period before everything came out in the open and then he went and got help. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, mine what is like you, more, I mean, when he was like really using and I didn't know about it but prior to getting into uh, treatment and everything, there was like a, a three or four month period where I was like, wow, he's just like, really not here like not connecting like there was definitely something wrong but I didn't really know what it was yet um but after he got into treatment and since he's been in recovery even like with a like a short relapse or whatever he's it's only really like that day and then like we haven't I haven't really experienced that since you know like there are times when it's like he'll relapse and it falls on a day that we were going to go to a concert or something and then so it ruins that plan or or whatever it's just but it's not like he's not my partner like for months and months at a time or anything like that which is actually kind of hard and confusing because it's like it's harder to I don't know it's just like it's more it it conflicts me more it'd be easier to be like well this isn't what I want to do if it was consistent um but the fact that it's like you know 90% of the time we have a really good and productive marriage but when we don't like we really don't so that's the harder part for me of like well when is this like when is enough enough and um yeah, so that's harder, like, from a relationship perspective of figuring out, like, is this the right thing for me? Because most of the time, it's really, really normal. Um, it's just when it when he relapses or, you know, when it disrupts our life more, like, if he goes to, gets into legal trouble or 
has to go to a halfway house like he has in the past that's like super disruptive um but a lot of times it's like a a a one and done and like back into recovery so it's really hard to like process all that and there's just not a lot of time for um to like feel those effects if that makes sense so it's kind of how it's been for us yeah oh I like the um I feel like disruptive is a good example because I feel like I was struggling to, I think there've been a lot of times in recovery, like when he's been doing well, where like, I don't feel like reliable, like unreliable is the right word, but it's like, you know, maybe he's had to miss things because he's going to a meeting or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so in that case, like, it doesn't feel like the right word is, oh, he's unreliable because he can't go to this with me because he's doing this important thing for his Mm -hmm. recovery, but it does have an effect. Or like when you mentioned the recovery Mm -hmm. house, like, you know, that's something that has been hard for me right now. It's like, you know, the person who's supposed to be my partner is not living at home. Like we don't see each other as often as I would like. And so there's, so that's, a challenge but then at the same time I'm like well this is the right thing for him to be doing mm-hmm. um yeah yeah no I, I relate to that that makes yeah, sense because last year at this time Charlie was in a halfway house and it's like well I'm living in my house all by myself and there's like maintenance and we had a pool like we have a pool and like I was opening the pool and like it's like all of this stuff that right. like normally he would be helping me with was like so frustrating like every time I would do something that typically he would have helped me with I was just so resentful and like more frustrated that I had to do it by myself <laughs> and um yes yeah I, I yeah, totally get that so I, think, <laughs> I mean I remember the day I was opening the pool like I just like cry. I like like went to Target in the parking lot and cried because it's like I can't do I can't I can't survive on my own. Like I don't know how to do this. But <laughs> um but I I think that there are definitely times but it's it's also very hard because he's doing the best thing for us like in our future at that point. You know, like he's taking care of himself and like really trying to address some issues. So it's hard to be like upset for long but in the moments I'm like this is not fair (laughs) it's not fair for sure Mm -hmm. totally so yeah and I get that I mean I love my kids but I mean if he's gone like two nights a week and I've got to put both kids to bed and do dinners and baths and stuff like that's just a lot yeah yeah for sure yeah and his home group is every Saturday morning. So it's like, if we want to go somewhere, like there's extra planning and he doesn't like to miss his Saturday morning mm-hmm. meeting. And so. yeah. 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 It's a, uh, it, it's just a lot of sacrifice and, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just feel like there are a lot of times like with events or things that like I've wanted him to go with me too. And it's like, well, I work and then I go to this meeting, so I can't. And it's like, ugh, why can't we just be normal people? But it's just not yeah. how it is. So I don't know. I think it's gotten easier with time, but it's definitely still something that I'm like, 
especially like when there are things that happen like like last Christmas you know it's like uh, I'll like think like uh, it's hard to like be excited about like this year's holiday because I'm like oh well what if it was like the last five (laughs) 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 you know yeah you've been kind of conditioned to be uh... worry about exactly so then it's like well that's not fair either like I can't be like I I mean I I can but it's like it's harder to be like in the moment and excited about like even times of the year when things have gone down in the past it's just so I dread like the winter because I'm like I don't know if this is if we're gonna get through this or what's gonna happen because it's just kind of like it's been a pattern and it's totally out of my control so yeah that's been hard too so what about with the the baby like are you thinking forward to the baby ways that i can't rely on him um yeah i mean some i mean you know like i said i got a doula um we have a lot of family that's gonna be like helping and supporting like us in the first couple of months you know so hopefully hopefully that will take some of the stress off of both of us I think just a lot of stress and like not knowing in the past it's been that like a lot of stress and not knowing what to do has been a trigger for him that's what it seems like so just trying to prepare as much as possible um for me it's always like well if something happens (laughs) and I just need him to like leave and not be here like who would help me or what help would I need and I kind of think those things like I have like a mental plan um yeah but aside from that like I I don't even really know what to expect so it's hard to really plan ahead too much yeah I'm like I don't know what what I'm gonna need from other people or him or I mean I don't know it's gonna be learning for both of us so we've done a lot of talking about it like in the, the last few weeks especially just you know what are like the ways like if you're feeling overwhelmed it's just like what are the things you can do you know like leaving and going to a meeting or going to a gym and um going to the gym or you know not um missing therapy you know like what are the things that are critical to you and how do we work through those so um we've had been having some of those conversations but not really I mean I don't know what to I don't know really what to plan for so I'll have to figure it out kind of in real time, but hopefully, you know. Well, it sounds like you have a general idea of things. And yeah, like, I guess the positive is that you have had to come up with plans in the past or react to Mm -hmm. things. And like, we know that you can, it would not be ideal. And I hope you don't have to do that, but I know that you do have like a strong support system and, you've done things to like take care of yourself already yeah it would suck but I think I'd be I'd figure it out and be okay yeah I mean I he's honestly super excited about the baby and and I think it's a big motivator for him um so I'm hoping that it's not like really stressful and something that he just feels like really overwhelmed by but I mean it's inevitable I mean we've been talking about that like it will be overwhelming and we won't be sleeping. Yeah, even no matter how excited yeah, like, you are. There will be really <laughs> exciting times, but there will also be times where we're like, why did we do this? And so we're just having some of those conversations and like expecting to feel that way. So hopefully that helps just like 
having a realistic idea <laughs> of kind of how it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows the whole time. Um, but I mean, it will be really yeah. fun too. So um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a real test of, yeah, of everything, I think. So yeah, for sure. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you're in the you're in the yeah. countdown now I for know. sure. Cannot wait to so not close. be pregnant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as we kind of, you know, wrap up this conversation, I mean, I think something that always kind of sticks in the back of my mind is even though like I just heard a story the other day of a woman who uh spouse had been clean for ten years, they have a couple kids used Mm -hmm. heroin and died like clean for 10 years and I think in my brain like I will always have to reserve a little bit like because he could just relapse and die at any moment I mean that's and I think the reality for any of us I think yeah yeah luckily uh Charlie's on Vivitrol still so we're not, we were gonna like we were talking about him like getting off of that this spring, but now that with the baby coming and everything, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that for another year. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> none of that. So we have to maintain that for a while still. But that that's at least like a mental safety net for me, even though there are obviously ways we can work around it. But um, but for the uh, most part, it's like okay, don't have to worry about that <laughs> right now. So. That yeah, a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Does anyone else have any closing thoughts about just always having Plan B and just relying on yourself mostly? Um, I don't have a Plan B thought, but I thought of something kind of relates maybe to how Charlie was surprised that he wasn't <laughs> reliable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it is really funny. I think, funny. funny. I think they. <laughs> I think they have such a desire, like they want to be reliable and they want to be there for us. Um, I was thinking back to this summer, like right after I kicked Jake out and he was sort of in that where he was trying to not use and trying to get into the recovery house. And it was kind of up and down and we were in communication, but not really seeing each other. And so it was like all this stress of now me living by myself. And I went out to work. I went outside to go to work one day and I had a completely flat tire and I was supposed to be um, somewhere that was like 40 minutes away from a meeting and just the like stress of, you know, my first thing was like, Jake should be here right now. Like his car should be here and it should be an easy thing for me to be like, Hey, I'm taking your car this morning. Can you deal with the tire? But like, I didn't have that option. And so instead I like I called my sister. She lives nearby and she like came and got me to the meeting. And then I, I called my brother to help me um, change the tire. And so it was like, I had to rely on all of these people, which I was grateful that I have that network to be able to do it. But then also like frustrated that the one person that I wanted to be there wasn't. And like, I felt like I couldn't like even ask him. And I was, we talked that night on the phone and he was like, oh, how was your day? And so I told him the whole thing. And he was like, why didn't you call me? Like, I would have come and helped you. And I was just like, are you, are you serious? Like, no. <laughs> like, why would you think that 
why would I think to call you in this circumstance right now? Like, what if you hadn't answered? And it was just that. And also, I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of like letting him swoop in and be the hero. And, you know, like, I was just like, no, but he was so surprised. He was like, you know, I know there's he was like, any time that I can try and do something to help you, like, I want to be able to do that. And I'm like, well, the main thing you could do right now is get clean and stay clean. So, you know, you coming and changing my tire is not going to make up for like you using still. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was just a interesting circumstance of where he's like wanting to be reliable. And I'm like, no, but you're, you're not right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the closing thing I would say is just that, I mean, this can all sound like really negative and, and everything, but I think that I'm kind of grateful that I've been in positions where I have to like, find my own independence within a relationship. Like, um, just having, you know, like, just not, not that like, I want to feel that, like, that I can't rely on him, but in those moments, it's like, like we've said, like I figured it out before and I've survived and, you know, I've lived on my own and I've taken care of things that normally I would have never thought about taking care of or like dealing with. So it's like helped me kind of grow myself and like giving me this confidence that like I can, I can do all the things like I don't need him in my life. Like I want him in my life. And so I don't feel like like I have to stay with him because well who would who would do this thing in the house you know like I don't I don't have to like I don't feel like I absolutely like have to have him here to survive but I want to like I I know that I could survive totally on my own and it's because I've had to figure out how to even though I might not have liked it at the time um so I don't know I'm kind of grateful for it too I mean I hope that that it you know we get to a point where he can be relied on for really big things. And I don't always have to think about like, well, what would I do if he can't do this one thing, you know? So I hope that it gets better with time, but at the same time, I'm like pretty grateful that I've, I've been forced to like do things on my own and kind of be self-sufficient too. So. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. Cool. Cool. Good talk. yeah all right well thank you guys again for always tuning in to boy problems podcast Uh, if you have any stories you want to share with us we're always welcome to hear them any topic ideas please share them with us and keep coming back thanks for tuning in to boy problems podcast If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.